Hey, this is Tim Timmons, and you're listening to Frequency. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Frequency.fm podcast. And I'm joined once again by Joe Brookhouse. And Joe, you're traveling. Where are you today? Oh, man. Um, I am in Pendleton, Oregon. Actually, I'm outside of Pendleton, Oregon at the Wild Horse Casino. And um, wow, what an experience. (laughs) (laughs) Confession time. Are you actually gambling? I do not gamble. And... um, I hope nobody takes offense when I say I think gambling is one of the dumbest things that you can do. <laughs> okay, so you took offense. So I, I apologize, but man, I just I just don't see a point in it. And you, you want? Yeah. I mean, I'm in the middle, not in the middle, but in the middle of nowhere in eastern Oregon. Yeah, and all you see is lines of people smoking, you know, talking like this, and you know, feeding coins <laughs> into the slots. I'm like, man. What a life. Yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. Well, I, I lived in a town that had a casino in Sarnia, Ontario, um, for a number of years. And yeah, there's people who literally live on the chair. And when I say live, I mean, they make preparations so they don't have to leave the chair even to go to the washroom. You. I'm not going to go into details of how that works. No, no, thanks. Well, it's actually been busy times for us in the podcast. I'm excited because we've had a lot of good content um, by a lot of people we've talked to. Um, thing that I've enjoyed so far is the wise, wise words episodes that we've been able to push out. So I appreciate you, Joe, for um, coming up with the idea and making it happen. Because um, it's nice to hear um, snippets of interviews. Because I know not everyone can listen to our long-form uh, interview podcasts Um, So it's good to be able to still get content into people's um, ears and uh, know that they're not committed to 30 minutes to an hour Um, because we we talk to a lot of very interesting people. So gleaning some of that wisdom in short spurts has been good. Yeah, and I've enjoyed it because if nothing else, then it's given me the opportunity to go back and listen to interviews that I've done and remember, oh, that that was a great conversation. I really enjoyed that. And even resurrecting some of the the long lost uh, songwriters cafe interviews. I've only done one of those, but I think you know most of those episodes are just gone. So yeah, it's yeah. a it would be a shame not to share a little bit of those. Yeah, exactly. And and we do have relationships with people in the past that we've talked to, and um, they have expressed interest in coming on the podcast. Um, but we're also excited because we have new contributors. Whoop. Yeah, so it's no longer just Dan and Joe. We're very blessed by um, uh, new people that have come on board to help us, some that are writers already and want to be able to contribute their art, and others who love to read and love to listen to music and and want to help us with reviews, and uh, that's awesome. We were hoping it was never going to be just about us. It's about about the content, so having other people on board uh, hopefully will help us to express that as our desire to get good content out there and to have lots of different voices to share. Yeah. So r- right now we have uh, Mark Newton, 
That's right. Who is uh, who's a, a friend of yours from Portland? Yeah, uh, Mark is a pastor at Sanctuary Presbyterian Church, where I lead worship um, occasionally. Mm-hmm. Just a, an awesome, intelligent, thoughtful guy. He's uh, writing book reviews for us. In fact, I've got another one from him. That's by the time you listen to this, it will have just come out. Um, book review of a book called Autopsy of a Deceased Church. So that should be an interesting mm-hmm. review. Mm-hmm. And um, who else we got there? Who else? What other contributors? Yeah, Jessica Collins, who's been a very enthusiastic contributor. Uh, we're very excited to have her on board. And she's recently uh, done the Hillsong Review, and uh, it was very well done. And she's in uh, Arlington, Texas. Is that where she's from? Yeah, so fast fact. You guys all know who Gabe Allred is, Gabriel Allred. He's a friend of the podcast. And Jessica actually happens to be his uh, administrative support person, and he actually suggested we touch base with her that she would be interested in helping us out. Also, we interact uh, with other podcasts out there in uh, cyberspace, and uh, we have some good friends over at Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast who've given some shout-outs to us as a podcast, and we wanted to return the favor as well uh, because we appreciate those guys. You know, they're doing good work over there. We're hoping to actually interact with them shortly and kind of merge an episode together, and we're working on that. But uh, uh, go check out worshipministrycatalyst.com. Uh, they have a podcast specifically, as you can imagine. It's about worship ministry, so uh, make sure to check them out. Yeah, they're actually the longest-running worship-focused podcast that is currently out there today. So mm-hmm. kudos to you guys. And um, and that is, uh, just so you know who the team is, that's uh, Kevin Cruz. And David Lindner. Check them out today. Sorry. I don't know. The radio voice. So corny. Thank you. <laughs> um, but anyway. What's really funny is I get to watch you do all this stuff. Because we're on video Skype. Yeah. And sometimes I have to mute my mic so I can laugh at you. At me? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> with you. Dude. All right. So <laughs> let's get to the uh, let's get to the meat of this uh, episode. I'm excited about this episode because it's episode 21, so we've finally come of age. We can drink. Yes. Um, and mm-hmm. second of all, this is this is the ultimate Canadian episode. It's Dan's first interview for Frequency interviewing another Canadian. There you go. I listened to it yesterday on the treadmill, and I thoroughly enjoyed the interview, and I'm looking forward to sharing it with folks. But why don't you tell people who you interviewed? I interviewed John Hollingsworth. He is a comedian... Uh, but he's actually a trainer of comedians. Honestly, he's just, he was just a friend for years. Um, I never interacted with him related to his comedy. His wife and my wife are friends, and we hung out together as families. And he's actually in the telecom industry. He works for a computer company doing web design and things like that. But on the side, he's a trainer, uh, and he works for a college training people on improv. You know, as we were doing the podcast, I kind of thought to myself, eh, be kind of interesting to focus on because I don't think we've ever talked to a comedian or an improv comedian. And then uh, he had, he has a lot of wisdom regarding that because improv, that kind of stuff actually bleeds into other aspects of things like business, teaching yeah. people business practices, which is really interesting. So you'll learn a bit about that. But also he's had the opportunity to rub shoulders with some pretty well-known uh, comedians out there, a lot of them Canadian. And uh, I'm not going to name them all now, but there's a lot of well-known people that he'll share that he's interacted with and some of the wisdom that he will then share on the podcast um, from what he's learned from their wisdom imparted into him uh, as an up-and-coming comedian or 
anyone who's getting into show business of any kind. Um, he is a believer, and they do family-friendly shows. They are, you know, ready to be booked anywhere, basically. They've done U.S. shows and Canadian shows. Yeah, I'm looking forward to sharing the interview. It was fun to do it with somebody I know and somebody who's obviously Canadian, and um, we have a lot of isms, <laughs> a lot of things that are Canadian-specific. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I could talk about probably 100 different things that come to mind when I think about the interview, but let's wait to the other side and I'll comment there if that's fair enough. All right. Well, let's go to the interview that I did with John Hollingsworth from The Fidgets. Hey, everybody, this is Dan Thompson from Frequency, and I'm joined by John Hollingsworth from a comedy group called The Fidgets. How are you, John? I'm good, Dan. It's, uh, it's good to connect with you uh, all the way out there on the East Coast. Yeah, so you are from Canada. So this is an awesome interview for me because I get to talk to a Canadian. Yes. And we have a lot more snow than you. Oh, do you? So what, like, you're, where are you located and, and why is that different from where I am? Well, uh, I'm located in Ontario, about an hour north of Detroit, Michigan. Right. You are located in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> that, that is correct. Right if, by the glaciers. <laughs> not far from it, actually. <laughs> Considering, uh, yeah, we're close to Newfoundland and you can see them. You can see uh, floating ice in the water there. Uh, we don't quite have it that bad here, but we have a bridge. And if you drive over it, you can see the crustaceans and the ice still flowing underneath us. Um, oh. It can be pretty creepy sometimes if you don't like heights. But uh, for context for people, I know who you are, yes. and we've been friends for years, and I used to live near you, and we've hung out many, many times, and so have our kids. Yes. And I wanted everyone to meet you guys today because um, you guys are funny, <laughs> and uh, a lot of people that listen to our podcast have probably never heard of you, not because you're not cool, but because um, you're from Canada and you may just not have marketed yourself down uh, in the U.S. A lot of there people. There you go. That's fair. Yeah, a lot of people from the U.S. listen to us on a regular basis, which we are very appreciative of. Um, there are a number from Canada, but um, they're probably my family. <laughs> That's <laughs> um, right. But you are from Sarnia, Ontario, uh, which is a smaller hamlet west of of the big cities like London and Toronto. Yes. Um, um, but you're in comedy. How did that come about? Like, how did you even get into comedy in the first place? Um, I was, uh, well, back in the beginning, Dan, uh, raised in a family that likes to laugh. So we, you know, we like to watch the funny movies and, and play, you know, pranks on each other and things like that. Uh, I went to, uh, when I went to university, I went to Trinity Western University in Langley, British Columbia. Hmm. Excellent school. And one of the things that I was introduced to was uh, improv comedy, which we had in our kind of coffee house situation. So it was called, it was called 1107. And that's when it started on a Friday night was 1107. And it went for, you know, a couple hours. Okay. So my friend, Van Williams was doing improv comedy and came by my uh, my room one one day and said, "What are you doing next Friday?" And I said, "I don't think I'm doing anything." 
And he said, good, because I signed you up to do a show with me. <laughs> so I was, I was, needless to say, panicking because I'd never done improv before, but uh, everything went along famously and, and that kind of, then I had the bug for, for performing comedy. Okay. Now, and since then, you actually teach comedy, don't you? Are you involved in a school? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So we've got uh, we've got comedy classes here in the metropolis of, of Sarnia. We have uh, different classes for different ages, right up to adults. Uh, the interesting thing is, we have a lot of um, a lot of adults take the class not because they want to be funny, but because they want to gain confidence when they're speaking. Oh, okay. So it's a multifaceted kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, because obviously. Um, Improv comedy is a lot different than joke telling. Oh yeah. And uh, so, how would that would that be more for them in business? Like, yes. you get a lot of business people saying, you know, I need to do presentations and I need to be able to interact. That's exactly it. Okay. Okay. Now you you have a comedy troupe. Would you be called a comedy troupe? We would be called a comedy troupe. Okay. Um, called the Fidgets. Yes. Where did that come from? That came from the mind of my wife. <laughs> um, we we actually started out, uh, we had a troupe called No Laughing Matter, uh, which was basically me and another, uh, well, uh, my partner Dave Lane, who was a youth pastor at the time, and a lot of his, uh, a lot of his kids in his group, the kids that you know, usually got kicked out of the group because they were making fart noises and stuff like that. <laughs> These are the ones that were prime candidates for improv. So churches found out that we did that and we started entertaining and we kind of retired. Everybody went their separate ways and we got a call uh, from uh, a Christian camp in Muskoka mm -hmm. and they said, we really want you guys to uh, to perform for us. And we said, well, we're retired. But we decided to come back and try it one more time. And it went really well. And it was so much fun. We thought, we can't let this go. So we thought, okay, well, if we're going to come back, let's, let's do something different. So my wife, Stephanie, came up with our name, The Fidgets. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's kind of been downhill ever since. <laughs> Nice. Now, how long have you guys been together since the the uh, reestablishment of the the troop? Uh, since the reestablishment, probably two thousand and wow, two thousand and two thousand and eight. Okay, was was when we first uh, formed the fidgets and did our first performances. And I think you were at one of our first uh, one of our first shows at the uh, at the industry theater. That's right. Actually, we moved there in two thousand eight. Met you shortly after, and yeah, that was the first um, thing where I actually learned how crazy you were, and uh, <laughs> and you learned that I was a techie and ended up yeah, running exactly. running sound and video for it, or tag team on it, yeah. anyways. Yeah, uh, and actually, yeah, yeah, snippets of that are still on your website, and you can still download or buy the videos, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, Fidgetcomedy.com is our website, and we've got lots of, lots of snippets. Yes. Now, when did you guys actually decide, okay, well, we can hit the road? Was it because 
people kept calling you or did you say, well, if we're going to do this, um, we better tell people or else this is the only time we're going to do it. Like how, how did that happen? Like, cause you've, um, you've done other churches obviously. Yeah. So it's, it started with, with a call and we weren't even together. Can you come perform? So we did a, a show at a Muskoka Baptist conference, which is now a Muskoka Bible conference. Mm-hmm. And then we decided to put a big show on in the theater and that was uh, that was a pretty packed show. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we just said, well, you know, we are kind of available. So local churches just kind of heard about us and and started hiring us for Christmas shows and and banquets and stuff like that. So things have things have changed quite a bit kind of in the face of of uh, Christian entertainment, which has been good. So. Uh, we've we've kind of been happy to be along for the ride. Right. Now, your show, um, I mean, I know your show. Uh, I haven't been with you recently, but you have been compared to whose line is is it anyways. And yeah. are, are you cool with that? Yeah. <laughs> we're very cool with that. Uh, we were, we're, we're lucky to have some, some great um, testimonials. Uh, I, I got to MC for a, a show when um, Red Green came to town, hmm. and I got to spend a lot of time with him. Great guy, great guy. And I gave him our DVD and a bunch of our stuff, and and he came back kind of like a kind of like an entertainment godfather, and said, "Here's some things I think you should do." And he gave us, you know, uh, a great great referral. And then Colin Mockery and Brad Sherwood from yep. Whose Line Is It Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, they were in town. Colin also gave me some, you know, said some really nice things about the fidgets. And then uh, Ryan Stiles and Greg Proops and uh, Jeff B. Davis, uh, they all came into town. And, and uh, I actually got to do what, what you're doing right now. I got to interview them for Kojiko TV. Hmm. Yep. And uh, it was supposed to be a 10-minute interview, and it turned out to be about a 30-minute interview just because we're having so much fun. Because I don't think they'd ever been interviewed by someone who who did improv before, so yeah. Yeah. it was a totally different style of questioning, and and we were all just making each other laugh and and kicking back, and and finally we had to cut things short because they had to go on stage. <laughs> no, that's great. Uh, so you've had you've been able to interact with the pros that um, yeah you you've learned from. Obviously, these oh, guys yeah. have been doing it for years. Colin Mockery, I mean Canadian guys. Um, now for context, if, if you're American listening to this podcast right now, um, red green show is he's, that's a Canadian show. Is it not? It is a, it's a Canadian show, but it's on PBS right now and, and, uh, doing quite well, uh, right across the, I guess you'd say the Bible belt. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, um, he's the duct tape dude, right? He is. <laughs> For context. I mean, I'm, I'm a pastor and I work with youth and duct tape is part of my arsenal. It's like, I always, <laughs> I always have duct tape. It's, it's a Canadian thing. Um, but out of, out of those guys, like if, if you were to take uh, one comedian, um, whether it's from a show or whether it's an individual, I know like Tim Hawkins, uh, there's Second City, which is Canadian, yeah. Saturday Night Live, uh, like all these different shows and all these different um comedians who's one guy that you would say would be your go-to guy like if i could work with this guy who would that be uh it'd probably be um 
If if we're talking classic comedy, I'd probably say Tim Conway. Okay. Uh, always, always admired his ability not only to be creatively funny and very clean, but he could do things so unexpected that he made his his entire uh, staff crack up. Are you, you're referring to like the Carol Burnett show when he Carol Burnett show those he, those guys couldn't keep a straight face when he was on the stage because they didn't know what he was gonna do. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, recently my family's actually watched some of those episodes of the Carol Burnett show where most oh, yeah. of the episode was the actors laughing <laughs> when they didn't know what to do next. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's a there's the the uh, Carol Burnett reunion. I think it is. And and they do this great piece on every time Tim Conway did something to make them laugh. And I mean, Harvey Corman was was the best foil for that because he loved to giggle, and <laughs> yeah. and Tim Conway could just pull something out of a you know out of out of a sleeve, and and he knew he had Harvey in the palm of his hands. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, you guys are yeah you work in churches you know, you guys would claim that you are Christians in the comedy world, but just yep. like, just like there's an issue in the mu Christian music industry where, where people don't want to be labeled as a Christian artist. Do you yep. have the same struggle where like you would perform pretty much anywhere people asked you to, your stipulation sure. is you're clean. Yep. Um, so is that your only stipulation? Like, do you, do you ever find issues where um, like people want to know that you're quote unquote Christian um, or oh. does that even come up? Uh, it comes up every now and then. Um, Dave Coulier from Full House uh, once told me, if you're going to do any type of comedy, keep it clean. He said, you'll always be hired. Hmm. And, and, and I took that to heart. It was great advice. Now, we do, we, do a lot of, um, we do a lot of performances for churches. But we also do a lot of corporate, uh, corporate performances as well. Um, they don't they don't care what my beliefs are. What they care about is the fact that I guarantee everything we do is going to be family friendly because the guy who books us, what he doesn't want the day after the party is he doesn't want to have to explain to his boss why all the employees are upset and offended. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause I know a lot of Christian artists that we talk to uh, musical artists, um, they really don't care about the label. Um, places they go to may care more than they do. Yeah. They uh, one uh, girl or girl, uh, female artist. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> when I'm describing artists to my kids, you know, I I use yeah. different vernacular. But um, her name is Ellie Holcomb, very uh, well known artist. Um, in fact, she had a Kickstarter campaign for forty grand, and she ended up with a hundred. Um, and oh. her dad is a legend in the music industry, um, but she does not want to be labeled a Christian artist. She's an artist who happens to be a Christian. And yeah. um, like, she just wants people to listen to her music. She doesn't want to say, well, listen to my music, but it's only going on these shelves and yeah. you, you have to be pre-approved to listen to it. And you know, like this is my message and you better understand it, you know, like, and yeah. you know, cause the Christian industry is kind of, you know, like if you want to get on Christian radio, you have to follow a formula and well, these, these artists just aren't into that anymore. And I don't think C.S. Lewis ever billed himself as a Christian author. I think he billed himself as a, a philosopher and, a, and an author and an intellect. 
but I don't think he would be the kind of guy to to stamp the the Christian label, you know, firmly down on uh, at the the head of whatever he was doing, mm-hmm. just because, you know, there's a there's a great school of thought that says, you know, God created everything, so everything is sacred. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So whether you're a singer or a plumber, you're you're doing that for God. Mm. Oh, it's it's that's good wisdom. Um, now, as far as as what you do when you perform, you do diff- different skits or jokes um, depending on the show. But what? How do you determine what makes the cut? Like, do you try things out and they fail miserably, or like, how does that work? Because <laughs> I've seen you walk um, on mouse traps. I've seen you do so all sorts of zany things. <laughs> yeah, the mouse traps—they're still very popular. Um, what we we have a really good sense for coming up with ideas. Uh, we've been doing this long enough together to know how each other is going to react and, and really to make a good guess about how the audience is going to react. The more, the more we can get audience input into what we're doing, the more it seems like magic. Like, how did you do that? Um, we belong to the Christian comedy association and they're 95% stand-up comedians. So last year when we when we we taught a workshop on improv, it terrified them mm. because you know there's no set list, there's no memorization, there's no patter. It's no we're going to we're going to make up the jokes on the spot from stuff the audience gives me, right? right? And by the way, we don't know the audience. And that's 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 terrifying for them. That would be the only word I could describe it as terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, we you can. I mean, there's there's ways to do improv that you get you get accustomed to dealing with strangers and strange moods, and you want to direct people into a positive and happy experience, and so you just get everybody on side. And really, that's why business people sign up for the classes is because. I want to learn how to get everybody on side, how to get them all listening to me and, and understanding and agreeing with me. So, you know, it's, it's, it's powerful uh, communication skills. I'm a powerful person. <laughs> now, I would say, because um, I've seen both sides of you, because you can be zany, funny, but you're also a businessman, serious guy, too. Oh, both sides, yes. Yes. So you've been able to... Because I would say, judging from what I've seen, and I've had the chance to see you guys live and see how you interact with people, yes, there's a spontaneity to what you're doing, but you have a strategy in place. You are planned to a certain yep. extent, but the goal yep. is to not look it. Yeah. Well, so the one of the secrets of improv, and, and Dan, you can't tell anybody this. This is just between <laughs> you and I. Okay, stop recording. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I know you're lying because I know that look in your face. Uh, one of the secrets is is basically w- what we do on stage is we play games, and each game has its own rules, right? One of the rules for improv is that if there's two guys on stage, they never say no to each other. We can make all the suggestions we want, and you know the 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 concept is yes and. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dave, I see that. Uh, I see that you swallowed a, a beach ball and it's it's expanding your stomach at a great rate. And he'll say, yes, I did. And it's really quite painful right now. And I'm hoping that you give me a good sock in the tummy so that I 
can deflate the ball. We build on each other's scenes and, and, and go from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> you've given examples of stuff that you've either done or talked about, but are there some, are there some uh, games or events or specific activities that have happened that would be kind of like your faves, like stuff that's happened that, that have marked your mind forever? You'll never forget that moment when this happened at this place. Uh, well, so one of the things that I like is, is I like making people laugh, which is why I do what I do. Every once in a while, we, we get to a spot on stage where we start laughing. Um, about three years ago, four years ago, we were up in Kincardine, Ontario, and we were doing a show and I'd forgotten deodorant that night. And as you know, performing can make you very sweaty. So yes. when we were in the green room, there was a big spray can of Febreze. So <laughs> okay. I, I used that. It, it stung, actually. It was quite painful. <laughs> Anyways, I, I used that. And we got on the stage and we were just kind of in a giggly mood. And one of the guys said something and then it was just the way he looked at me. And I lost it. I could not... And I felt unprofessional. I felt really guilty. I can't, you know, here I am laughing. Well, then the other two guys on the stage, they started laughing. And for probably two minutes, we couldn't get it together. Wow. And, and we thought the show was lost. And, and the audience saw what was happening. And that made the night. It brought the house down because they were laughing at us laughing. Wow. That's awesome. Actually, I, I had a similar I had an awkward experience because I lead worship in church on Sunday and I, we started a song at the beginning and it, and we were, we were clicking and it was working. And then I forgot to take my capo off my guitar and I led the second song in uh, two semitones too high and the entire band was in panic mode. And I didn't even notice it until I turned around and I heard my drummer say, two up, two up to all the other band members. And here I am trying to, you know, be super serious on a Sunday morning. And here's my drummer yelling across to the piano player. So I, I thought, well, I could just stop it right then and there, but I decided to keep playing it. And they actually got they got it and they started tracking with me, but I thought, well, I better, you know, bring this train into the station real early. So I stopped sure. after the first verse and I just told people, I totally screwed up here. You know what? <laughs> Before we keep going, I'm taking my capo off and we're going to do it in a key that I know the singers are going to want to sing it in. And from then, yeah. from then on, everyone in the church sang louder. And nice. it's almost like the more painful you, you become, <laughs> the more honest you are and the more sincere you are about you know, we're not performing as, as much as trying to get other people involved, um, yeah. whether it's in music or whether it's in what you're doing. Then yeah, it's cooperative, right? Yeah, it kind of, it, it draws people in because, you know, as elders after Sunday, I thought I was going to get mocked and ridiculed because, you know, <laughs> I it's a simple mistake for a guitarist to make, but we beat ourselves up, right? Just like you yeah. said, like you, you thought you lost the audience. The congregation like came together and they thought it was it was the one thing that turned it around because it nice. was just honesty, right? And nice. uh, it was like a humble moment. Um, I've got to be honest with you. If I was there, I probably would have ridiculed you. <laughs> That's okay. Um, <laughs> now, have you had any unplanned disasters or bad experiences? I love asking that question. Yeah, that's, uh, well, <laughs> we had one, we were up in, uh, we were up at a retreat center and we were about to go on um, like three minutes to curtain kind of thing. And I all of a sudden had to go to the bathroom. So I 
go streaking out of the green room uh, across the compound into the you know the bathroom building. And by streaking, you don't mean naked. No. Okay. <laughs> by streaking, of course, I mean running quickly. <laughs> okay. And as I'm coming back, it's pitch black out, and I hit something in my for- my forehead. It just, I, my body's running at a hundred miles an hour and my head stopped moving and I just flipped up and landed bam on my back. And it turns out I was running through the clothesline area and, and I hit a clothesline right above my, my eyebrows. And when I, when I got in to do the show, because as I'm, I'm getting up off the ground, we're being introduced, hmm. I run in and there's a huge red gash right across my forehead. And, and Dave looks at me and says, what happened to you? <laughs> so I'm trying to explain to him quietly. I just went to the bathroom and I hit, of course, as soon as I said that, he turns me around and says to the audience, so John here was running to the bathroom because he had to go pee and he just hit a clothesline. Everybody, let's take a look at the huge red gash on his forehead. So we have a, we have a nice way of turning a disaster into a, a cheap laugh at my expense. There you go. So the one benefit of your show is whatever happens just becomes part of the show. Uh, pretty much, yeah. They, they think it's all planned. Nice. Now, um, what are some events that are coming up? you guys have anything in the roster right now? Like, I know you've done conferences, you've done, um, yeah. you know, meetings, events. What are the kind of things that people could book you for? And, you know, like, what are some things coming up? Um, we're, we're working on uh, Breakforth uh, for 2015, and we've got, um, uh, we've got a lot of shows. Usually our busiest time is for, for Christmas. Um, and what, what's been happening, and, and what I mentioned earlier about changes to the Christian entertainment industry, um, we are getting a lot of bookings from churches for their outreach program. So in the past, you know, they've, they've tried to um, have a musical night and the, the problem they found is number one, if you're, if you're not going to a church, you're not familiar usually with the style of music that's going to be performed. Mm-hmm, yeah. And, and people have a, uh, the world has a concept about, you know, quote unquote Christian music. Right. Uh, and they don't want to spend time with it. Um, so, so a, a church in the past could get a could get a band. They could get you know a magician, or they could have a barbecue, or have a, a movie night. Um, what they say though is is they say that the problem they had is the ones who planned it also manned it. Right. In other words, it's only the the guys who planned it that actually show up mm-hmm. for that event. So, uh, I'll, I'll give you an example: Belleville. There's a Baptist church in Belleville, Ontario, and what they do is they get the whole church involved, cook a Christmas dinner with all the fixings, delicious dinner, and they invite thousands of people in Belleville to come for Christmas dinner. Uh, and it's two nights. It's a Thursday and a Friday night. Okay. And the church, uh, you know, they're dishwashers and they seat people and they, they're the waiters and the waitresses and... And they serve the community, and and they invited us in to to tell the the people in the community, uh, here's what we're going to do: we're going to give you Christmas dinner, and we're going to give you a great family friendly show. Mm-hmm. So so come on out for a great night of entertainment, and uh, and it works really really well. 
uh, we did a show in in Calgary, Alberta, for a for a church, and it was basically surrounded by. Uh, it was a real downtown kind of church, so lots of single moms, lots of um, immigrants, you know. And when when they advertised the show, uh, it was you know one person in the church gets a ticket, and we're going to give you a ticket to invite someone who's never been to church before. And the show, it was a packed house, uh, a ton of people that had never been there. You know, there was uh, Muslims, you know, Buddhists, uh, Catholics, uh, different nationalities, single moms, small families, large families, everything. But everybody likes to laugh. So it was it was a powerful time of coming together. And, and you know, the, the staff of the church just incredibly happy that they could... They could reach out in the community. And then the pastor stands up at the end and says, you've never been here before. We want to introduce ourselves. If you have little kids, we have a program for you. If you're a single mom, we've got a, you know, a day out for you and we'll take care of your kids. And, and it was a great way of kind of shaking hands with people that they'd never seen before. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. So basically just trying to reach them where they're at and yep. not trying to over-spiritualize something that they, they won't necessarily understand anyways. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, um, it was a good way of introducing themselves and then saying, uh, we're here to, to help meet your needs because we're your, we're your partners, we're your community church. Yeah, oh, and that's great. Um, yeah, because I think uh, a lot of people just don't understand, like if they get a, uh, something in the mail from you or a phone call and they've never really even thought about anything other than you know like you'll get like singing artists coming through or and they're all great like some of them are like compassion canada they're coming through we have an artist it's it's very easy to put that into the confines of church because you're used to hearing music in church and sometimes you recognize names but comedy or a show they're like oh well you know some we we don't go to movies in our church you know or or something like that they have like these negative connotations to it um, so as we wrap up, are you, um, how, how can people book you guys to come to do a show? What's the best way to contact you? Uh, you can go to our website, which is fidgetcomedy.com, F-I-D-G-E-T comedy.com. <laughs> and there's a, there's a form you can fill out there. You can check out our Facebook page, uh, fidgets comedy on Facebook, uh, Tell me, you know, just make sure you say Dan sent me. There you go. Yeah. We'll, we'll give you the special deal. Awesome. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to be, uh, they, they want to check the references. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And, and uh, have you had any opportunity to, uh, to work in the U.S. at all? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah we got to, uh, so, so we belong to the Christian Comedy Association and, uh, we're able to perform down in in Nashville, okay. which was great. Uh, I've done I've done improv in LA, and uh, looking at maybe doing it again in June. Okay. So yeah, it's, so it's a lot of fun. Yeah, so if somebody's listening to this this podcast from, and we do have a lot of listeners from um, Nashville area, um, anywhere from Georgia all the way like Texas and beyond, going west to. Uh, to San Francisco and California and Portland, where Joe is my partner in crime. Um, Shout out to Joe. Yes, uh, we, you know, would would you be open to travel? Like I always want to ask artists because I'd hate to have them, you know, extend themselves and say yes, but. 
<laughs> I don't do that, right? Yeah, yeah, we we do quite a bit of traveling, so so that's fine. Yet yeah, we work it all out in our schedule and mm-hmm. um, wait for our wives to give us her blessings, and then uh, <laughs> and off we go. That's great, because yeah, actually, one of the questions I I skipped over, but I will ask now since you mentioned it is, you guys, this isn't full time. You guys have other gigs, like you you do other things. Um, yeah. so this is a, is this a part-time passion or would this be something that you you would love to do full-time, uh, if, if it, if you could? Yeah, if we could, sure. We're, we're, we're growing the business, like, like we're growing a, an oak tree and it takes a long time, but it's a solid thing mm-hmm. yeah. and, and we're really happy with what God's brought us. Um, and so we're just taking that, that next step and in faith, uh, every year it gets, bigger and better and and takes over more of our schedule so um you know we're we're looking forward to that day i think when we can do full-time comedy Mm -hmm. now on the other side you know there's the there's our our wives who are uh not looking forward to you know the wondering when the next paycheck is going to be and stuff like that but i mean you don't make that jump until you know you can support your family. So right. that's, uh, we're just we're just letting it grow. Awesome. Well, I do thank you for your time. I think uh, I mean I I know the show. I've been I've interacted with you for years, and yeah. it, it's definitely well worth it because it really doesn't matter in in your case with comedy. Um, and the type of comedy, it doesn't matter where it is and who it is because you interact with the context of the people that you're with. Yeah. So, yeah, you're not taking a canned show and it's just going to be the same old gig everywhere you go because every time you get a different question, different interaction. Um, can you, yeah. before we go, can you give an example of a game or, a, or an activity that you do? Oh, did you say doo-doo? <laughs> did I? I thought I only said it once. Do you, do you want me to? I can explain Mousetrap. Sure. Yeah, go for it. Mousetrap is the world's most dangerous improv game, and we usually use it as a fundraiser. So it's the last game of our show. And when we say game, you could you could say skit or something like that. But but what we do is we have we have uh, uh, mousetraps for sale. And these are real mouse traps that we bought at a hardware store. They're not fakies. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll let the venue sell them for $20 a piece or whatever price they put on them. And, and our guarantee is when you buy a mouse trap, we will set it and we'll put it on the stage and we'll perform with that mouse trap on the stage. Uh, we, the last show we did with mouse trap, we had 128 mouse traps. So that was a lot of money raised for their for their fundraiser. And uh, once we get all the mouse traps sold and it's time to do the game, then we take off our shoes and socks and roll our pants up. And we put on our blindfolds mm. and then we we get our scene. So the scene for this one was uh, Santa Claus is sick and he's asked his two elves to help deliver the last few presents. Okay. So, there's a third guy who's off the side and he's, you know, his part in the, in the game or the skit is to direct us, basically to direct us on top of mm. all the most traps that haven't snapped yet. So he was telling us, okay, I need you to crawl on your belly cause you're crawling under the tree and, uh, you know, make sure you go to your right, a little further to your right and then snap. <laughs> so, okay. Good job. Now I need you to roll like a log over to your left. 
And he's just, he's really just making sure that we give everyone the best bang for their buck. Right. Well, I think that's a great idea. Uh, and we give a lot of people ideas for, uh, for uh, <laughs> fundraising for sure, but definitely not everybody's willing to be uh, snapped by a moose trap because <laughs> yeah. I live in an old country. Found anyone else that was willing. Yeah. I live in an old country home and I have to have mouse traps just in case. And, uh, <laughs> and I've, I've, yeah, I've only had to deal with one mouse trap, and it's caused me grief. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So the record so far is 128 uh, mouse traps, but we are certainly willing to uh, increase that number for a good cause. So it's, <laughs> that's it's great. Effective. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, again, I thank you for your time, and uh, yeah, if people want to contact you, they you're on Facebook and you're. Uh, your, um, you have your own website. I also know sure. that you do have examples of what you do on YouTube. If you just look up Fidget Comedy, you'll have a YouTube channel, right? Oh, yes. And uh, people can get an idea of what you do. I also notice you have testimonials from people on there, which is, is important, that people should check that out, um, different venues and, and oh. pastors and uh, uh, youth conference leaders and um, yeah. corporate events sponsors that have hired you in the past to, uh, to prove that you're not all crazy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but thank you again for your time, and uh, hopefully people will check you out. All right. Thanks a lot, Dan. That's our interview, Dan. Thank you so much for doing that for us. Like I said, I listened to it yesterday and I really enjoyed it. I have to say, you know, I was a theater major in college and improv is really difficult, and especially being able to interact with people in a giving way. So many times people who haven't done a lot of improv have some perspective of how it works and they think it's all about taking center stage and trying to be funny when it's really about giving to yeah. the other actor. And so I love hearing about he and his partner interact and, uh, and make sure that there's a lot of give and take during that. So it's uh, something that a lot of us, even on worship teams, can learn from. Oh, totally. Yeah. And, and it's amazing until you're on a platform and involved in something, because I've been involved where I've been dragged into things. And just to realize how exposed you are when you get into a setting like that, because it's not scripted. I mean, they have ideas of where they're headed, but every event is different. Oh, yeah. Every crowd is different. So you never know. That's why I, I was kind of chuckling, even listening to the episode again, with some of the funny things that have happened to him with bonking his head and, um, oh, yeah. you know, running across, you know, going to the bathroom and stuff. I mean, I know him personally, so it's even more funny because I know, ironically, he's actually a pretty serious guy. Uh, for a guy, when he gets up on a, on stage... And is a total nut bar and does crazy things. But I know him personally, and he's actually a, a, a scholarly, quiet dude. Yeah, it's just funny to... to uh, that's why I wanted to share a bit about who they are, because they're serious about their faith, serious about their family, but serious about their craft. They like it is, it is a gifting and a craft to them. It's just not something to fill time. So I have a question. And this is, I think it's a very important question. And I suspect that people listening want to know this as well. The mouse traps. Yes. So does he actually get nailed by the mouse traps when he does that? Yeah. So they actually have to take the shoes off and yeah. they have to, they do different things. Like sometimes they're blindfolded. Sometimes they're just, they're not looking as many um, mouse traps as get donated. So people have to pay money Yeah. for one to be put on the floor they have to walk across them and they do, they do get snapped on and it hurts 
and it's all for charity. <laughs> I, I was hearing that and I'm going, uh, no, especially I got to say the part where they say roll around on the floor. Cause I'm thinking, yes. um, dude, you, you can't control where that snaps. No. And, and I will say, and they would tell you too, it was not their idea. I mean, that, that actually came from, uh, I think it was Colin Mockery and the, and the guys like it has been done before. Um, but not many people are willing to do it. So, um, yeah, count me, them. count me as one, not willing to do yeah. that. I, I'd be more than happy to be the guy saying, um, if it go a little left, whack, you know, that would <laughs> yeah, be me. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what happens. But imagine the crowd and the interaction you can get in a show, especially a fundraiser when guys are willing to sacrifice their bodies, uh, in order to raise some money. Um, and I have seen video footage of them getting up and it's, they're dangling off their elbows and it hurts. Oh, yeah. yeah. So no, anyways, thank you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, for sure. Check out the fidgets, fidgetcomedy.com, I believe is their website. It was a great interview and it was a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, I hope to do focus more on some comedy and maybe even talk to some of the guys that they've talked to in the past as well. So does this mean you're going to do more interviews? I don't have to do them all. <laughs> I do actually have a, a number of interviews lined up, not all Canadian, but a lot of them are Canadian. Um, and actually there are people that, um, uh, I've connected to because of people like John Hollingsworth. Um, there's a lot of different people that we're, we're going to be talking to over the coming months. So, uh, stay tuned. We've got a lot of interesting content coming up. It just doesn't stop. And hopefully gets better and better and better. Well, yes, that, that would be something that would be nice, wouldn't it? Well, <laughs> we want to say thank you for listening. And again, uh, any opportunity for you to go out there and leave us a review on iTunes, I hate to beg, but that certainly helps uh, give us a little more exposure so that we can give a little more exposure to the artists that we're engaging with. We think they're pretty awesome folks. Dan, I'm going to throw back to you because you're going to tell them how they can connect with us in social media. Yeah, we're, we're on Facebook at Frequency FM. And, uh, you know how Facebook works, folks, uh, you got to interact with us. Um, when you like us, make sure that you actually say you want to be notified of our updates that makes sure that we actually show up in your feed. That's important these days on Facebook because they want you to pay for everything now. So, uh, yeah, and, you... and we don't have any money just so you know, exactly. We just want to make sure our info is getting into, into your hands. Uh, but also on Twitter at Frequency FM and Twitter, Joe and I are both active on there. Um, you know, if you contact us, we're going to contact you back. And uh, we love to engage with people uh, as well. We do have an email address. You can just email info at frequency.fm. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's good enough. We are on Instagram. We do have an Instagram feed. Uh, we don't use it a lot. But if we get to a conference, we'd probably use that just for fun. And uh, you will hear from us. We'll, we'll be at uh, the Gospel Coalition Conference coming up in August. So if, you're, if you like that, um, I'll be interacting with speakers at the conference. And um, yeah, so we'll, we'll definitely be active over the summer. So don't go anywhere. Live and, from the Gospel Coalition, Dan that's, Thompson. That's right. Um, <laughs> but in the meantime, thank you for listening. And uh, we appreciate you listening. Make sure to give us a review. And good or bad, interact with us. Send us an email. Contact us and stay involved. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye for now. <laughs>